Summer Constance. And I'm Lucinda. And together in our Kids Law podcast, we're going to take a look at how laws affect children as we grow up. So what are we going to look at in this episode, Emma Constance? Well, we've heard from solicitors and barristers who have told us about their work. And I'd like to know more about other ways that people can become lawyers. Great question, Alma. Some people choose to train to become chartered legal executives or Silex lawyers. These are fully qualified legal professionals authorised to practice as specialist lawyers alongside solicitors. The difference is that a Silex lawyer begins to specialise in a specific area of practice during their qualification, which gives them specialist knowledge and practical experience of that area of law. Let's talk to Emma Davis, the Silex president, who can tell us more about the training and work of Silex lawyers. Hello, Emma. Thank you so much for joining us on our Kids Law podcast today. We are so pleased to have you here. Could you tell us more about your organisation? Good evening and thank you ever so much for having me along. So I am the 60th president um, of Silex, but actually we've been around since 1892 uh, when it was founded as a Solicitors Managing Clerks Association. And actually Charles Dickens uh, was a Solicitors Clerks, a little bit of trivia for you. Traditionally, they weren't formally trained in law, but built up knowledge for experience and so carried out legal paperwork as fee earners. Rolling forward a little bit to 1963, and that's when we became the Institute of Legal Executives, and solicitors' clerks became qualified legal executives, so holding a practicing certificate and having a similar role to solicitors. Jumping on a little bit further to 2012, that's when we received our Royal Charter and were then known as the Chartered Institute of Legal Executives. We have our own law school called Silex Law School, which offers outstanding training in our CPQ and apprenticeships. We're also an awarding body. We offer CPD and career development training. And we're the second largest professional body with over 17,000 members, 45% of which are lawyers. And we've got a really unique membership because it ranges from students all the way through to judges with paralegals, chartered legal executives and science lawyers in between. So as a professional membership body, we advocate for our members um, trying to achieve greater diversity across the sector and we offer a flexible vocational route to study for a career as a paralegal or a lawyer so you could be completely new to law have some legal experience you could be a legal secretary a receptionist or assistant or you could have a law degree. So why is it so important to have different ways of working in the legal sector? So we offer choice to anyone who has an interest in a legal career, who has the aptitude to learn, um, but might not have the means to go to university or indeed doesn't want to go to university because university isn't for everybody. That being said, if somebody has gone to university, they may also choose the Silex route to finalise their qualifications. So the qualifications cater for young people straight out of education to later in life career changes. It could be people already working in the sector in more junior positions, so who hadn't considered qualifying as a paralegal or lawyer, but then develop an appetite to progress their careers. And it offers an alternative route to university or the solicitor qualifications and typically attracts people from all different educational backgrounds. So as an example, our membership is the most diverse within the legal sector, and I would suggest is more representative of society as a whole which is vitally important 77 percent of our members are female 
Um, quite a lot of them have childcare or other caring responsibilities. Now, when I did my studies, it was I was in my mid-20s, pre-children, so I did it in the minimum time available. I think it was five years. But some people I've bumped into have, have met the requirements after 15 years, 20 years, and have fitted it in around life. And also 86% of our members are state school educated, so there's no elitism. It's just if you have the aptitude to learn, then we've got the flexibility to offer you the choice. And I'm proud to be a trustee of the Silex foundation so this offers scholarships bursary and welfare grants and actually the next scholarship cycle will be opening up soon for 2024 for all those aspiring lawyers of the future can you tell us how the training works for those who want to specialize in a particular area of law of course so there are various options which again offers choice and what's right for the learner. So we have our CPQ, our Silex Professional Qualification. So this is a relatively new qualification that's been launched in the past few years. It's a three-part qualification with foundation, advanced and professional. Typically it's long distance learning, but maybe some college providers still offer in-person training. And typically from the outset, learners are working so they're getting that important hands-on experience. So you'd start at the foundation level if you were completely new to law, and then you enter at the other stages, depending on what other legal qualifications you already hold. But the beauty of the qualification is it's not an all or nothing qualification. So each time you complete a stage, you um, obtain a qualification, which is currently paralegal, advanced paralegal or silex lawyer. And silex lawyers coming through this qualification will come out with their full practice rights. So complete parity with solicitors in their specialist area of law and chartered legal executives like myself the legacy qualifiers we can obtain our practice rights for complete parity should we wish to do that and the beauty of it is is you specialize at an early stage we've built up um, our experience working on the job and doing the specialist role we're self-sufficient we come out very proficient in the use of technology great client care skills great communication skills as we've been speaking with clients for years and likely in, in other roles prior to commencing our studies and we're also pretty adept at networking um, and business development so students can sit their exams in January and June and they do it on their time scales there is a minimum time commitment but there isn't a maximum one so like I said earlier you can do it around your caring and other family commitments There are also um, apprenticeships, so you may have heard of these, similar to the solicitor apprenticeship. We do apprenticeships for paralegals and lawyers. So again, benefits of this is that the learner is working in employment from day one, earning a salary, and they typically get a uh, a day off a week to go off and do their studies. And also we have our graduate qualifications. So for those who already have a law degree, they may choose to go down that route. So lots of choice. Can you describe the careers of some of your members and how they decided to become a Silex lawyer? I'm going to use some examples from our professional board because we're a a really diverse mix of how we've come into law. I think some of us have chosen it and perhaps like myself have stumbled across it um, um, later in life. So if I give you an example, our current vice president, Yancey, started from an early age. So she came straight to law as a first career out of um, education. And she actually qualified in a time when there was a minimum age to be admitted as a fellow. So she was too young when she first qualified to then be admitted as a fellow, but that's since changed. We have Alexis who has a law degree and then chose to finalise her qualification via the Silex route. We have Matt, who is our immediate past president. So he originally had a career in HR and then he decided in his 30s that he wanted and needed a legal qualification. But by that time, he obviously had a home, he had a family and a mortgage. So he couldn't afford to stop working and go to university and he enjoyed the flexibility 
of the Silex route. We have other members who've been working in more junior roles within the legal profession, so as office assistants, receptionists, legal secretaries, and they built up experience over time and then they decided to progress their legal careers by studying long distance in the evenings and weekends. And then you've got myself, who perhaps as a bit of a fraud, I had never had any intention of a, of a degree in law. And, I, and to be honest, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I was younger. So I went to college and I did a BTEC GMBQ in leisure and tourism. I did want to go to university. My degree is in tourism management. My first career out of university was for Kellogg's as a territory manager and then Reuters as a market analyst. Um, so in my mid 20s, I was made redundant and I thought, come on, Emma, what do you want to do? Thought back to university. What really interested me was psychology and law. So I think you can see which route I took. Um, took a job first as a legal secretary. And if I'm honest, first off, I didn't know if law was for me, but I hadn't found my fit. So I moved on to another law firm uh, where I had some fabulous fianas who saw that I wanted to progress. My firm gave me an interest-free loan to convert my degree. So I was signed up to university, was going to go down the solicitor route. And then the barrister told me about ILEX as it then was. And I thought it was a no-brainer. I'd already been to university, had that experience, and the firm agreed to pay for me. And the plan was always still to qualify as a solicitor. So I took level six subjects, which would exempt me from some of the solicitor qualifications. But as I carried on on my Silex journey, I, I became part of a community. I was one of the founding members of the Silex Devon branch. And I realized as time went on, I knew my worth. There was no need to cross qualify. I was doing all the things I needed and, and wanted to do. Um, so I stayed with the Silex community. I was a, I'm a strong advocate, always have been for this route to qualification. Um, and now I'm president of Silex, so there we are. Do Silex lawyers work on cases that involve children? And if so, can you tell us about them? There are so many areas of law which involve children in some way. And um, But I've had a think, um, and I've also checked in with my professional board colleagues because we obviously specialise in our different areas. And I think perhaps the, the most obvious would be family law. So couples divorcing and sensitively dealing with negotiations and mediation in the best interest of the children, making sure they're provided for, contact arrangements, financial arrangements. If a child's under 16 and wants to uh, change their name, you need permission from all parents for parental responsibility. And also the sensitive area of children's rights regarding transgender and the requirement to have the support of parents in making an application under a gender recognition certificate. Child protection and considering whether children need to be removed from the care of their parents. Perhaps personal injury if a child has been injured as a result of an accident, ensuring suitable compensation for the injury and re rehabilitation requirements. Similarly, medical negligence if a child has sustained, sustained injury as a result of negligent medical treatment. Criminal lawyers, if a minor has committed a crime, and I think that's how this podcast started, wasn't it? When you reached the age of 10 and realised all of a sudden your responsibility. So children under 10 can't be charged with a criminal offence, but then children over the age of 10 are treated as young offenders and cases are dealt with by the youth court. There, you might not think it, but employment law. So if, if um, an employment lawyer was asked what work children can do whilst they're at school, for example, you can have a part-time job from 14, um, but you cannot do any job that might affect your health and safety or interfere with your education. Private client work, so wills and trusts, creating the right trustees to manage the trusts and the assets within, and also regarding wills and the appointment of guardians. Um, but like I said, the list isn't exhaustive. 
education law, disability law. There are so many areas of law that can potentially touch the lives of children. What was your motivation to become a lawyer? And what area did you specialise in? So as I've already said, I didn't actually set out to be a lawyer. And if I'm honest, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I was younger, although I knew I wanted a career where I could make a difference and a career where I could help people. Um, So it was when I was made redundant back in my mid-20s. And that's when I looked, like I said, looked back at my university modules, lawyer or psychology, and lawyer was the way to go. So when I first started uh, in the second law firm I worked in, I worked for a family solicitor and a civil litigation barrister. And like a lot of my colleagues, chartered legal executives, we quite often fall into the areas of work that we end up in because we've been working for fee earners specialising in their areas of work, although that's not always the case. So to start off with, for a good few years, I conducted my caseload of personal injury and debt recovery files. And then randomly one day I saw a job advert for the Royal College of Nursing. So I don't work in private practice and I haven't done for 13 years now. I work in-house for the Royal College of Nursing as a healthcare regulatory lawyer. So I am representing nurses subject to investigation by their regulator, the Nursing Midwifery Council. It's very challenging work. It's very emotive, but it's highly rewarding helping nurses who have a wonderful vocation giving back selflessly. So to help people through what is a very difficult time in their careers is extremely rewarding and something that I can't see myself changing from for some time. Please can you tell us more about your role as president of Silex? What do you do in this role? So Silex actively campaigns in the public interest but the professional board chaired by myself we actively campaign for policy improvements and legislative reform to open up new career opportunities for Silex members and to improve access to justice. So if I give you some examples of some of the huge wins for Silex in 2023 it really was a bumper year um, for our members and also for the public in turn. So we had the successful rollout of the Silex professional qualification which I've previously spoken about, embedding the practice rights and and ensuring complete parity with solicitors in our specialist areas. The Silex Lawyer Apprenticeship levy funding secured at the same rate as solicitor apprenticeships. The amendment to the Powers of Attorney Act enabling chartered legal executives to now certify the documents they could already create, which was a very strange anomaly. More major mortgage lenders accepting or about to accept Silex-led conveyancing firms onto their lender panels opening up of more senior judicial positions to chartered legal executives and Silex lawyers, ongoing discussions with government to finalise legislative changes to enable Silex lawyers to become Crown prosecutors, and ongoing work with regards to a Silex equivalent to the class scheme, so enabling qualified criminal members to become certified duty lawyers without the requirement for dual qualification. And already for 2024, the LSB is granting Silex members higher rights of audience. But back to your question, my day-to-day activities, it's not a full-time job, uh, Silex President. So unlike the President of the Law Society or Chair of the Bar Council, I undertake all my activities in addition to my four-day-a-week day job. So I have become the master at juggling um, my diary around. I chair the professional um, board meetings, but I also sit on the main Silex board. I sit on the audit and risk subcommittee. We've got various subcommittees within the governance structure. And I'm also a trustee of the Silex Foundation. I attend the Judicial Diversity Forum to discuss how the 
Judiciary can attract underrepresented groups to apply for a judicial appointment. And I attend various functions. So, for example, the opening of the legal year, swearing in of the Lord Chancellor, the new Lady Chief Justice, go to various dinners and other inauguration events, awards and ceremonies. I also sit on panels when I'm invited and attend conferences. And I speak with employers, legal recruiters to educate more about Silex and the benefit of hiring Silex professionals. But one of my favourite things to do is the careers talk. So I go out and I speak to younger learners, ensuring they know all of their options so they can make an informed choice that's right for them about how they want to enter into the legal career. But one of my my other most favourite thing to do is meeting the members. So I attend member events. And for the past couple of years, we've been running Silex Roadshow. So we tour the country, going to various different places to speak to our members, listening to their concerns, dispensing information and taking back feedback to Silex HQ. So we can hopefully do something to implement change and make a difference to them. So no two weeks are the same. This week, in addition to the day job, I've been conducting interviews today for our main board. Then I did four hours of working for the for the RCN in the day job. I'm doing this podcast now. And then I've got two more subcommittee meetings later in the week. So lots of papers to read. And last week I chaired our professional board meeting. And there's lots of great work in the pipeline for 2024. So it's very exciting. It's no two weeks are the same. Very challenging. I have a question I ask all of our guests. What were you like at 10 and what did you imagine you would go on to be as an adult? So believe it or not, I was very quiet, shy and studious. I loved reading, dancing, playing my clarinet and saxophone in the Exeter Children's Orchestra and the school orchestra. Music was my life. So I reached grade eight on the clarinet. And I quite fancied playing in the London Philharmonic Orchestra. I also wanted to enter the Young Musician of the Year, but I missed out on my distinction at grade eight by four marks. And I couldn't bear learning all those scales again. So that was an ambition that I never reached. But to be honest, I didn't think too far ahead regarding my career. There wasn't as much guidance available then as there is today. Rather, I took subjects that interested me without any real plan. So I was more into the the arts, if you like. I took GCSE music and art. Like I said, I wanted to make a difference. And that's half the reason why I went into tourism, because I love traveling and I thought I'd do well in a service industry where I can ensure other people were having a good time. But apart from bar work and waitressing, I I never worked in the industry. But what I've always done is I've taken interesting opportunities when they presented themselves. I've got a thirst for learning and I've kept pushing myself out of my comfort zone. And here I am. I didn't have a plan, no major plan to become president of Silex, but it wasn't an accident and it was it was a lot of hard work. But once I found my passion and what I was interested in, I've just taken the opportunities and gone for it. Well, thank you so much, Emma, for telling us about Silex and the work of your members. Do you have any final advice for children who might want to know more about the different training pathways? Absolutely. So go on to our Silex website, download a prospectus and have a read. You could attend one of the Silex monthly CPQ webinars. So they're the first Tuesday of every month. You could have a look at the Silex journal. If you just Google Silex journal, it will pop up. And there's often different member stories in there, which shows all different examples of how people have come to their careers in law. You could follow me or Silex on LinkedIn. I'm always posting about Silex, as is our Silex, various different social media channels on Twitter and uh, Instagram and Facebook. And ask questions of your careers advisors at school, because like I say, I didn't know about it at school. I'm the first generation of my family to go to university and there's certainly aren't any lawyers in the family so it it wasn't something that was on my radar 
if you have a parent in the legal profession, ask them about all the legal opportunities available. So not just solicitors, not just barristers, but also silics. And what I would say is be inquisitive and grab any opportunity that comes your way. Thanks, Emma. Thank you so much. It was great. What I really liked about this interview was was the angle how the law impacts on children. Very interesting. And I think this was a really important episode for you to record as well, because it gives people choice and awareness, because, of course, university isn't for everybody. Also, people don't necessarily know what they want to do. Being able to fit it in around other commitments and also the flexibility of distance learning. The beauty of it is, is it's flexible. Great. Thank you so much. And good luck with it all. Well, Alma Constance, what do you think about what Emma told us? Well, Emma mentioned that the training offered at Silex is very flexible to allow everyone to have the chance to practice law. The training is structured into different levels for people in different stages of education and provides the option of online learning. Emma also told us that Silex gives grants and scholarships, which can encourage a wider range of people from different economic backgrounds to practice law. In addition, She told us she enjoys meeting all the members in Silex. She always takes pleasure in helping others and wants to make a positive contribution to everyone. At 10, she loved music, just like me, and was also studious and quiet. That's right. Emma said she really enjoys speaking to young people about the opportunities that Silex can offer them. And she suggests they can look at the website for case studies about the roots of training and they can attend their monthly webinars to find out more. In our podcast, we've been exploring how laws work and affect young people. All of these things can help children understand their rights and responsibilities so they can make informed decisions, not only about their lives, but also about voting for MPs who make the laws and understanding how the legal justice system works. It's also important that children know that they should be kept safe and that adults must care for them. Remember, if you have any worries, talk to an adult you trust and tell them how you feel. This includes your teachers at school who are there to look after you too. So tell them that you need to talk to them. Keep your questions coming in. Please subscribe, rate and share the podcast with your friends. See you soon in the next episode. Bye! Bye.